0: Okay, everyone, gather around, gather around. Time to have our weekly topic suggestion session. Okay, guys, what should the next episode be about? Luke? Um, what about a little uh, follow-up to the UFO episode? Anyone else have any other topic suggestions? What about psychological phenomena? Anyone else have any other suggestions? What about... Anyone else have other... to do? Such as ...weirds. What about death? Alright, if it'll shut you up, let's just do it. Okay, death it is. On with the music. Okay, Don, we are back for a very light-hearted topic today in death. But before we get to that, what's uh, what's been happening? How's your week? Uh, pretty good week. Pretty good week. Nothing really to report. The only thing, the only vaguely amusing thing that happened was um, I was at work and I got a pretty small office, but a couple of the ladies sort of said, oh, do you have any uh, podcast suggestions? And my ears pricked up, obviously. <laughs> and they had a little discussion. Then I said, because I've, you know, I've only been there for a few months, I haven't told them that I have a... Have a podcast. So I said, why don't you listen to my podcast? Oh, and they are very polite about it. <laughs> Never suggest um, your own podcast, Doc. <laughs> I did. Never. I took a risk. I'm like, well, look, it's a good product. And it's got a, got a, maybe I'll get a download out of it, which is uh, <laughs> just what I was really hoping. Anyway, she kind of listens to it and then um, stops because she thinks it's just too weird listening to a workmate on a podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> That's a very convenient excuse. Su- <laughs> yeah. But then she suggested another podcast. She goes, oh, have you listened to this podcast? And I'm like, no, 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 no. She goes, oh, you might like it. He's weird too. Um, and I was like, hang hey, on a minute. She called me weird. He's weird too. He's weird too. <laughs> it's already just take it as a given that we all know you're weird. <laughs> Let's take it from there. Yeah. And the sad thing is, I've only been there for a short amount of time. I haven't even pulled all the weird out yet. I've got a lot of weird that left up the sleeve. <laughs> She's seen ten percent of your weird. For that to come out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's seen enough, and then. No, <laughs> she's likening me to other weirdos that she's come across. <laughs> Very good. I had a I had a moment when you know you, you make a joke in a social situation that you are not sure if it's if it's too much too soon yeah. in a in a in a chat. Yeah, oh, we were at the other day hanging out, kind um, of at a kids sporting morning, and they weren't. Kids around. It was just adults, and I know these people. Hang on a minute. There was no kids at a kids' sporting. <laughs> they weren't in the. They couldn't hear what I was saying. <laughs> this is the real. What's that about? Let's get, <laughs> let's get down with this thing. You should try kids' things without kids. Are way more enjoyable. Yeah. You should get the truth. There would be a, a lot less annoying. <laughs> just adults in a circle having a chat while the kids were doing their getting coached. Yeah, and I know these people pretty well, so I wasn't I wasn't like complete strangers. My wife in front of everybody says, "Oh, Luke, your uh, your flies down," mm. and you knew you're in those situations where you're like, "Oh, I've just been potentially embarrassed here. I need to kind of regain some social status with that." Yeah. in the face of that, and then I said, "Ah, oh, this bloody big penis keeps on forcing it open." No. Oh, it's <laughs> <Is> that. <laughs> That, well, there's a bit of an implication of erection, which is makes me uncomfortable. Uh, there's also an implication of an opposing thumb down there for some reason, which is also makes me feel uncomfortable. Why does it have fingers? It's not, it's not it's not it's not got opposable thumbs. it's just it's just pushing it open, not not because okay. of an erection. that was yeah. At a kid's sporting thing. Luckily, there was no kids at the kid's sporting thing. That's all I'm saying. You can see why I spent five minutes clarifying there were no yeah. kids in the vicinity. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do. I need to know, how did it go down? Well, this it got a laugh, but the laugh, I think, was more of a, what's that about? <laughs> I think it was a, yeah, what's that that's about like laugh? Bit shocking. Bit... <laughs> ah, good You've... for you for taking a risk, though. I'm all You've for actually... taking a risk with the comedy. <laughs> you actually groaned. You groaned in the face of that. <laughs> yeah, <I> t- <laughs> Yeah It's like someone Hit me across the face Like oof Yeah And I've touched on it I think in a previous episode But for some reason I often forget To do my fly up And usually it's okay But the other day It happened And I was You know I was at work I had a shirt on And pants Not only was my fly undone But I was wearing A black pants And a white shirt And a bit of my Tucked in shirt Was coming out The fly (laughs) (laughs) It just Made it a little bit More embarrassing (laughs) That little hint of shirt fabric, a hint of shirt out. coming through takes it to a it's... whole new level. It does. <laughs> it's like waving a little flag. <laughs> look at me, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Oh dear. All right, Don, before we get into the content of this episode, I think it's probably time we opened the room of the review. All right, thanks for everyone that sent in reviews during the week. Now, Don and I had a chat about this. It is completely not our style to read positive reviews about ourselves. We're uncomfortable with it. Um, didn't expect to get positive reviews, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> so we thought. It really unexpected. So what we've decided, because we basically have chronic low self-esteem and we're happy down there. Just <laughs> don't we don't need <laughs> don't try and any change lifting of our morale. <laughs> Just accept us for who we are. God. But so we decided we're going to get our mum to read them. We're more comfortable with that. Hopefully you guys don't mind. Uh, take it away, mum.
1: Thanks, Luke and Don. The first review is from Jay Yoda 258 exclamation mark From the United States of America. Five stars. You guys are so cool. Just be yourselves and have fun. Also, I wish you guys would drop episodes more frequently. Thanks. Second review is from Paul AFJ from the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Five stars again. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Absolutely love your show. Started listening last year and am addicted. You guys are hilarious and so genuine. Your chemistry is amazing too. Best wishes from the UK. Next one is from Brian from the United States of America. Five stars. Ten out of ten. This podcast and my antidepressants are the only thing keeping me from driving off a cliff on my way into
0: work. Well, thanks, Mum. Thanks, uh, thanks everyone who reviewed. Brian, at the end there, it smells like trippy. That's reckon. Is, that, is that the Tripmaster General? That has got... Trip written all over it. That last yeah, one. I can tell Trip when uh, Trip's still. He's only hanging around because we owe him a mug. And <laughs> Have you not sent it to him yet? It's coming. It's coming. God, be patient. he's, he's being he's very pushy. patient? Uh, he's be- <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely coming. Don't worry. <laughs> little, uh, little, little dark. The trippy review. That. Uh, little, it was little dark. <laughs> But anyway fits, we can help. We're happy fits, to help. It Classic Trippy though, he probably knew what the topic was gonna be and he just leaned yeah. right into it. Beautiful. Always doing us a solid. Uh also my other favourite little point on those reviews were the encouragement to just be ourselves. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, good. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> I think the podcast would be a lot more popular if we weren't ourselves. <laughs> if we're just, we're just trying to be someone else for just even an episode would do us the world of good. We need George stand the George Costanza moment before we turn the mic on. Just have the opposite reaction to everything you normally do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to hurt. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's uh, let's close the door to the uh, to the room with a review, and get on with the episode. So I guess getting onto the topic today. Death. I don't even know how we got here, Don. Death is not the kind of topic we would normally do. It's obviously no, a th- very heavy topic. But what was your thinking? You put this on the table. Yeah. I, look, I'm going to be honest. I looked up a random list of um a different podcast episodes that have similar, <laughs> and they I think they said death penalty or something, and so I said. Too specific for me. I need death, and so I suggested it, and you shot it down immediately. But then you came around. Oh, I I just sat on it for a little while. I'm like, actually, I'm very interested in death. I think about death all the time. I think this would be a great topic. I think death is good because it's something that a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about for various different reasons, and it happens to everyone. You know, everyone's touched by it during their life, and everyone ends up dying. Yeah, it is. It is because it is that you know that whole thing around death and taxes are the two things everyone has in common. And yeah. most people I find are very uncomfortable thinking about it or talking about it. Whereas yeah. I'm the exact opposite. I like to keep yeah. it front of mind and present all the time. And I, I make all of my life decisions around the fact that one day I'm going to die and I don't want to have any regrets really? at that point. I hold it very close all the time. Well, Interesting. Uh, so what, why do you think you're so fascinated with it? I just think not to get too deep to it. Oh, we've like gone God. we've gone very deep very early. I, <laughs> yeah. I there's just something about acknowledging on a regular basis that our time on earth is very limited. Mm. I find I just find it refreshing. It stops me worrying about things I shouldn't worry about. It helps me make decisions that I can look back on and not have any regrets. Like I will literally walk around cemeteries just for the experience <laughs> of being reminded of of death. I once left a workplace and people thought it was so weird that I used to walk around cemeteries that when I left the workplace, I got given a book of the world's best cemeteries. <laughs> really? So did you, how often were you going to walk around a cemetery? Uh, not not super regularly, but maybe like, you know, a couple of times a year, I would just go for a little walk and find my way oh. in a cemetery. Yeah, well, cemeteries are fascinating, particularly oh. the really old ones. Yeah. It's, it's like a bit of history and... Yeah, Yeah. look, I'll I'll back you up there. That's great. I I, I don't mind a cemetery walk. Don't talk about it at work that much. Uh, (laughs) You're too busy. It's not what I'm known for. You're too busy spooking the podcast. That's your problem. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm not known as Cemetery (laughs) Don. Oh, who's that guy? That's just old Cemetery Luke over there. Cemetery (laughs) Luke. Yeah. There's a really like um Steve Jobs does a like you know those um graduation speeches that always go viral. Yeah. He, um, Steve Jobs does a great one I think it was in 2005 Of him kind of saying Every morning he wakes up Looks in the mirror And says If today was my last day on earth Would I be happy with how I'm spending it And if he answers no For too many days in a row He changes up his life And I've always mm. I've always remembered that And thought That is such a good little philosophy But I think we've gone Too deep Too deep Too early here Yeah And, and here you are On your last day on earth Doing the podcast <laughs> With me <laughs> There's something wrong with your decision-making there. <laughs> um, there are so many... I guess we probably should make a, a general disclaimer that we are completely aware that death is an incredibly painful and sensitive topic for, for many people very often. So this is a silly, light-hearted podcast. So if, if now is not the right time for you to be listening to a podcast about death, please uh, don't listen. Um, we... Completely understand, and we yep. will. If you've Carry come on. this far, the, we get the play count anyway, so we don't really mind if you <laughs> don't finish it. The most important, the most important thing has happened already. Uh, we've got the, we've got, <laughs> we've got the. the play counter count. is clicked over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this happens every time I do a serious disclaimer. You completely undermine it in the very next sentence. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> no, it's fair enough because we do. You know, we're touching on all sorts of death. So if you're at all sensitive, just uh. Yeah, be careful. We we're, we're not going to be too um, insensitive, but that's the nature of the topic. <laughs> there is um, because we like our Don and I, our um, like our dad passed away about nine years ago, and obviously that was very difficult. But in there was a lot of funny things that happened around it that we still laugh at today in a way that it's not not too inappropriate. But do you remember the time that we were? I think it was after the wake and people were sending a lot of flowers to the house. And yeah. this flower delivery guy bounds up the front steps of the house. This is a flower delivery guy who has come about six or seven times in the last days <laughs> with different deliveries. Same guy, same house. So it's like bouquet number seven or eight. So he bounds up the stairs, knocks on the door. And as mum opens the door, he goes with a very uh, happy smiley face. Ah, what's the special occasion? And then our mum goes, Oh my uh, husband just died. <laughs> it's it was funny then and it's funny now. It was, <laughs> so that poor guy just, it just went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Alrighty, um where are we at, Don? Should we should we get into a bit of a Don's definition before we go too far? Yeah, let's do it. Hold on to your stove pipes. It's time for Don. Definition. Okay, so death is the irreversible cessation of all biological functions that sustain an organism. Brain death is sometimes used as a legal definition of death. The remains of a former organism normally begin to decompose shortly after death. Death is an inevitable universal process that eventually occurs to all organisms. It was, a, it was a classic Don reading Wikipedia voice. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's a certain voice you put on just for Wikipedia. It's, it's amazing. Get out of here. Mate, that was from uh, different websites. Uh, the team came up with it. You lose all expression. <laughs> it just becomes monotone. <laughs> <laughs> that idea of like when the brain ceases to have activity is the, is the point that they will call a death is interesting because i read that like you know in previous centuries they used to put a mirror under your nose to see if it would fog up or they would even tickle you with a feather to determine whether you're dead so it was actually quite easy to make decisions in those days because it's kind of a a yes or no thing but because like the body shuts down different parts of the body shut down at different rates and our technology is so much better at picking up micro brain activities I read that it's actually more difficult to, to tell when a person's actually dead than you would think it would be. Is that is that true? As in you, now? Yeah. Is it actually... No, it's not that hard, that hard now because you have a lot of monitoring and things. It's it's quite easy. Uh, but back in the day, you know, a lot of people, there was a few mostly unconfirmed but some confirmed instances of being buried alive for that reason. Yeah. So back in the day, what they would do, you're talking about feathers onto the feet, what they would actually do back in the sort of 1800s is they would apply red hot pokers to the feet or into the rectum to just see. And really? If, and if you're withholding, if you weren't dead with the, the hot poker into the rectum, you wish you were afterwards because that <laughs> that is not good. A red hot poker, and just a poker into the rectum would be enough. Why does it have to be red hot? Is that necessary? <laughs> just a lu- a lukewarm one up the rectum would be just much more reasonable. A lukewarm poker is going to wake someone up. You don't have to make it scalding hot. Into the rectum. <laughs> 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 I, I also read that because of that, they, they developed these things they called safety coffins, which was a coffin that had bells and flags and things that went from the coffin up through the dirt above the coffin. So that if you were buried alive and you kind of came to and you were down there, you could honk a horn, <laughs> clash some cymbals, hit a button. Really? And you would actually... And be I wonder recovered. if that ever... Did that ever... It work. I think it was That's a necessary. It was a. It was an invention that I don't think actually took off. I think it was, you know, I don't think it was much of a market for it. But yeah, um, right. Because there, well, there was actually one, and there's there's two instances in Greece, and this is not long ago, 2014, where the police discovered that a 45 year old woman was buried alive, and children playing near the cemetery heard screams from coming coming from inside the earth. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So scary, and I'm not sure what that was about. This. They are both in Greece, which I don't know what's going on in Greece, but... Uh, oh, dear. That is frightening. Bad. That is yeah. Bad. And so that happened in 2015 as well. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. The quick quick side point about you know, whether something's dead or not dead. Do you remember... We had, we had a, a budgie in our house for 10 or 15 years. Mm. And I always tell this story at like a dinner party thinking it's going to get a good laugh. And all it gets Oof. is a horror reaction. Yeah. And do you remember when, because our brother was in a band and they used to play very loud music. And then when they were practicing at our house, um, they played too long, too loud one day. And the bird actually started bleeding from the ears and it was in a, yeah. a bit of distress and it was pecking its own feathers. And dad came home from work and was like, oh, this is, this is not good. Like it's in, it's in, it's suffering. We're going to have to put it out of its misery. And then he spent the next like half hour trying to put this bird out of its misery but not quite. Oh, really? Don't you remember this? Not- I'm not aware of this. He, d- he didn't quite have the killer instinct because he would do things like hold it underwater for a period of time. And then when yeah. he thought it was dead, he would b- bring it up out of the water and it would flutter in his face. And then he would try and hit it with something, uh, with a tablecloth around it, thinking that he'd hit it hard enough. But because he d- he wasn't really committing to it, it wasn't hard enough. And he would bring it out and it would flutter in his face again. So every time we thought this bird was dead, it would come back to life and flutter in his Hang face. Wait a minute. He just told me it flew away. <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't know that he had to put it out of its misery. I, I was not aware of that. He, ha- he had the compassion to want to put it out of its misery, but didn't have the killer instinct to actually... To do it convincingly enough So it was just this terrible series of arcade Now it's farewell And then it would would Like fly in his face It was was sad and humorous at the same time Back on track So when Mm. brain activity ceases That's the point of death Um, Generally that's considered That's kind of the end of consciousness So it's the end of the person I read that about 150,000 people die each day Mm. But about twice that many are born, so we've got a real population problem up ahead. <laughs> yeah. About two-thirds of people that die each day, it's it's really because of age-related diseases or, or, or old age. Um, so, like, 90% of people kind of make it to what's considered old age rather than dying prematurely, which is that's quite an optimistic note. It is. I always, I always have issue with the term dying of old age. Like, what does that mean? Dying of old age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I read it. It's uh, kind of, it's you know, it's obviously vague on purpose. They're not dying of old age, but they get to an age where they stop caring about why they died is basically what it is. You're exactly right. Yeah. I read it article yeah. we was saying we need to stop saying we're dying of old age. We're dying of diseases and conditions that might go along with being really old, but you don't die yeah. from being old. You die from the diseases and conditions. Yeah. I, re- I did read an interesting thing about the only way that research has found that you can prolong your life or extend your lifespan, like other than reducing risk factors around obesity and smoking and stuff, mm. is if you reduce the calories you take in and you have a very restricted calorie diet, apparently that helps a lot with cell regeneration. And one of the ways that the, the, the body dies down in old age, like the system just wears out, is through too much damage to the cells. So if you have less calories your cells are actually healthier and repair better and you can live longer is is like the only way that's been established to extend lifespan. So is that as in fasting for like that 5.2 kind of thing? Yeah. Or is that more like really having a long-term low calorie? I long think day? it's long-term low calorie, possibly even more intense than the 5.2. Like it's almost, mm. yeah, you're really living on not many calories every day, every day of the week. No worth, not worth it. it. Not worth it at all. How, yeah. how delicious <laughs> is food? Bloody. That's the best. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's, well, I was going to go through... The stages that follow after death. So this is where it gets a little bit grim. But I tapped out at this point. Don. I'll I'll, I'll hear you through it. But I was reading it, going, this is quite confronting. But I'll I'll let you let you it take is, it. It is like yeah. one. It is confronting. But this is what happens to the body after it dies. So you get it's different stages. So one called palomortis, which is a paleness, which happens fifteen to one hundred and twenty minutes after death. Algomortis, mortis, the reduction in body temperature following death. Um, this is a steady decline until matching the room temperature. Rigor mortis, where the limbs of the uh, corpse become stiff and difficult to move and manipulate. Livor mortis is the settling of the blood in the lower portion of the body. Putrefaction is the beginning signs of decomposition. Decomposition is the reduction into simpler forms of matter accompanied by a strong unpleasant odour. Skeletonization, the end of decomposition where all soft tissue have decomposed, leaving only the skeleton. And then fossilisation, the natural preservation of skeletal remains formed over a long period. Jeez, what? A that's b- it. So there's actually things called body farms. Did you look into body farms? No, what are they? So body farms, they're mostly in America. There is one in Australia. There's not many outside of America, maybe just one or two, where they'll essentially have bodies either donated or they'll sort of donate themselves before they die, and then they're left out in the open or they're left in certain situations in different environments, in different climates, so that when... You know, and their notes are taken, photographs are taken, so that when murdered victims are found or bodies are found, they have a better idea of how long they've been been out in the bush for. or out Really? Know, out of so, you know, they've had bodies in car trunks. All right, how long? And then they observe it and see. And then when they come across one in real life, they can say, all right, based on our research in this environment, in a car boot, this guy's been there for three weeks or something. So they go to the farm and go, this is what a... a a body in this circumstance For this period of death Looks like And we compare it To this new crime We're investigating And that's how they get That kind of um, Forensic information yeah, That's right Wow yeah. that's, i never heard about that So they're, take, they're just taking A lot of notes and, and photographs and things Can you imagine Driving by that farm <laughs> It just being like yeah. Oh my goodness There's been a massacre Yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure It's just not Bodies on the side of the road I'm imagining Just sprinkled <laughs> across the paddock That's it Yeah and that, just a couple of farmers out there. like, <laughs> Nah. So it's, it's pretty grim and brutal, but it is kind of necessary and it's very valuable. And they did find that in America, or even in different parts of America, but particularly the one in Australia, which is just outside of Sydney, the, in Sydney they're kind of like, the research in America in those different climates, like in Florida, that have a different climate, it changes significantly to the point where it's almost irrelevant. Mm. You kind of need to have localised knowledge specific to that climate. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. I read that I mean there's a bit sad that the in terms of leading causes of death in developed worlds like age related diseases are the most common cause of death by a very long way and then it's your classic kind of heart disease stroke lung cancer are the like the top 3 mm. but in developing countries the leading cause is infectious disease which is just sounds so much more preventable like it just seems like it's a real yeah. That disparity is, is shameful. That infectious diseases are something that we knocked on their head, you know, seventy years ago, and and mm. yet in developing countries that's still the leading cause of death. That's awful. Yeah, like HIV is still you know very very high in the list uh, for developing countries, Where in Australia or in you know the Western world, it's kind of people aren't generally dying of it as much these days. They're just sort of it's just something they live with and they get treatment for. Yeah, exactly right. Now, can we jump to what I found the most interesting piece of this topic? Yeah. Did you come across the twenty one grams experiment? Uh I did. So 21 grams experiment you you may be familiar with was this study that was done in nineteen 19- I like how you didn't you didn't ask me about it. Yeah. Did you come across it? Yep. Okay, I'm gonna talk about it. Uh <laughs> Which is good, because I, I I sort of read about it, but I actually didn't take any notes. So, But thanks for making me feel a part of this <laughs> podcast. It's, it's like, I'm going to launch into a massive monologue here, but before I do, I need to pretend this is a reciprocal conversation. <laughs> no, go on. Go on. I think I do that quite a lot on this podcast. Just a little checking. Are you still there? Okay, let me talk some more about this. Yeah. Basically. It's almost like a bit of a Weekend at Bernie situation where you uh just over there. I've got to prod you occasionally so I can keep talking. And let, let me rephrase it. Luke, have you heard of the 21 grams uh, experiment? Ah, I have, Don. Thanks for asking. It is... Hey, Luke. Tell me about it. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> it would be a pleasure. Are you sure you don't want to talk talk through it? Nah, nah, nah. Go for it. Thanks, Dee. Probably for me with this idea, 21 grams was this doctor in 1907 wanted to weigh the human soul... And figure out if there was a soul, what does it weigh? And the way he did that was he took six people. And as they were about to die, he had a scale on the bed. And so he weighed them up until the point of death. And then he saw what their weight changed to when they died. And he, his hypothesis was when they die, they'll be lighter. And then the the weight difference is what the soul weighs because they've lost the soul when they're dead. And so mm. he weighed six people one of them lost 21 grams. The rest of them either put on weight or lost more or less than 21 grams. But he just chose 21 grams as the weight of the soul because that's what one person lost. And yeah. And then he how do I how do I control for this? So like I need a control condition. He went and got 15 dogs and then weighed them at the point of death. And they didn't, he said they didn't lose any weight because dogs don't have a soul. And so he's like, the human soul weighs 21 grams because when the dog dies, they don't lose any, and then the human loses 21 grams. But apparently he couldn't find sick dogs, so he had, to, he had to go and find healthy dogs and kill them for this experiment, which is... Oh, he was, he was actually killing the he dogs. He killed healthy dogs for the experiment. Yeah, that's rough. So it's like the shoddiest experiment that has ever been done of all time. What year was it? It was in 1907. Mm. And well, like, even at the time People were like This is ridiculous Small samples yeah. Only one of the six Actually lost 21 grams And this, yeah. other, this other doctor was like I think people lose weight When they die Because when you die There's a sudden rise In body temperature And the lungs aren't Cooling blood anymore And so you sweat more And that explains The 21 grams that's missing Is It was kind of What doctors at the time It's a, were lot, saying. Of, it's a lot of sweat though 21 Well, 21 grams, grams isn't a lot, is it? Of sweater would be 21 mils. I'm just trying to when I go to the deli and get some sliced leg ham, 21 grams yeah. is not much. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have 21 grams of Devon, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 21 grams is about 21 mils of water, so it's not much, is it? That's it. This is a lot of sweat. These are probably a lot of sweat. Yeah, it's a lot of sweat to happen at the point of death. Like you're debunking the debunker, yeah. Um, the doctor also said that dogs don't have sweat glands, which is why they wouldn't have lost weight at the point of death the way a human did. But Interesting. Also, none of the humans except one of them lost 21 grams at death, so we're probably focusing on the wrong uh, the wrong yeah. thing. <laughs> so. There was, was a movie made about that What if that, the humans were wearing deodorant, antiperspirant deodorant, <laughs> That and would have been, that would that have been the best have. control condition ever. Yeah. <laughs> but of rexona. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> what else did you find interesting? Uh, this is another grim fact. Um, I was also can I ask your opinion on how you feel about using the word macabre? <laughs> and do you are you like do you just are you tempted to say macabre? Oh, because of the re at the end, it's, like it's one of those words I can't actually say it, so I just I uh, avoid saying it. Or if I yeah. do say it, I put a big flourish on it, like I'm wearing a cravat, just to. To kind of really lean into it, so I I am not getting caught for not using it properly. Give us your best your best macabre. It's uh, quite macabre. <laughs> just okay. It's that was almost <laughs> you're German a candlestick from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. Be our guest. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so this is as I said, this is pretty grim. But basically, the human head remains conscious for around twenty seconds after being decapitated. Ooh. So, research has shown that there's still activity in the brain for it's from like four to thirty seconds. So, a decapitated head during that period can blink, changes expressions, even attempts to speak. According oh, to uh, some experiences, can you imagine so, if it just got off a got uh, off a few words that was on the ground? Bloody hell! The like, what'd you do that for? What'd you do that for? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if it just plopped and went? What's that about? That would be... Yeah, that that would be uh, very good. Uh, Similar to that, I also heard that in in a morgue, bodies often release kind of gases and have muscular spasms, so it's not uncommon for in a morgue there to be groaning noises and jerky, spasmy, reflexive movements in corpses. How frightening would that be if you were having a late night at at the morgue and that was happening? Yeah. (laughs) Just... It would be. You, you, don't like be no it. It. you don't seem like you'd be that face, but you don't seem like you'd be face at all. Oh, I'd be face, don't worry. <laughs> I read also that whole thing about that myth that your hair and nails keep growing after death is a myth. Apparently, just the body's drying out, so it's kind of getting smaller, which makes the hair and nails kind of protrude a bit more. That's yeah, I that's right. I, um, I also read that men who are hanged get something called rigor erectus, so basically a death erection. So I did not know about that until I started researching this topic More than 7,000 people die annually due to doctors' bad handwriting Yeah, that's, that's uh, a worry what, How would that work? Would that just be wrong dosages, wrong medications? Yeah. What, what would that... It'd be wrong dosages and wrong medications Mostly, I would, I would imagine <laughs> that's, uh, That is a big worry It's a worry But, you know, I work in a hospital And some of the handwriting is absolute garbage <laughs> So you can see how it happens It feels true <laughs> Oh, it does feel true. I um, also read that about 300 bodies have been frozen in the hope that science can one day bring them back to life. And Walt Disney is not one of them. Apparently, he was not frozen despite the rumors that he was. And if you're interested in that, we do have a cryonics episode. We do too, yes. We're, we're getting to the point now. This is our 85th or 86th episode. Mm. Where we are really forgetting what we've discussed already. We're probably going over the same old stuff. <laughs> we've told the same seven stories uh, every every episode. That, yeah, <laughs> there was the other, that <laughs> other podcast you referenced at the beginning that uh, may as well call it by name: uh, the Stuff You Should Know podcast, yeah. which tackles a lot of similar topics to what we do, um, a lot more successfully and a lot more popular <laughs> than yeah, than a us. lot <laughs> <laughs> significantly. <laughs> And we were talking, uh, we're like, geez, they they really do a deep dive. They've got like 10 or 15 episodes on different death topics. Whereas we'll just do the one death episode. So they do a real deep dive and we just kind of dance across the top of topics is our specialty. Yeah. I'm like, I'm Fred Astaire. (laughs) Naturally, you're Ginger Rogers. (laughs) And and we're just dancing across (laughs) gracefully. Um, Fred, let's not get bogged down in details. Let's just keep on... Twinkle-toeing across the top of these things. That's how, that's right. how we like to do it. I <laughs> um, also read that you—it it is possible to scare someone to death. Apparently, when someone gets... Oh, really? Apparently, it's, it is true that when you get a fright, your um, the adrenaline that comes up as part of your fight-flight response can actually land in certain heart muscle cells, floods your heart with adrenaline, which then causes some calcium kind of membrane stuff to happen. And then these calcium ions rush into your heart cells for long enough. You can actually override your heart and you will die. So you can die. So is this the kind of thing where that would really be exposing an underlying existing issue? Yes. So I think that's a big vulnerability like this. The doctor that I read said it can happen to anyone. If it's a big enough fright and you get Mm. enough adrenaline causing this calcium reaction in your heart, it can happen to anyone but it's, you're more likely if you're old. That reminds me of the guy you used to share a house with uh, when you were in the UK. It was this old guy. <laughs> yeah. And and was he deaf or something? But he would just get <laughs> extreme <laughs> extreme reactions. <laughs> He's just walking in the room. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he had the worst hearing. So anytime I would, I would plonk myself on the couch next to him and he would just be like, ah! or I would, I would like... <laughs> I would open the door of the bedroom as he was walking by, and he'd be like, "And it was, (laughs) it was to the point where I felt like I needed to put a bell around my neck just to let him know I was, yeah. Hey Vic, I'm walking down the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) It was very funny. Uh, Interestingly, in the 1800s. When photography was expensive, people couldn't afford to do it all the time. And it was really the realm of like professionals or serious hobbyists. Photographing posed dead bodies was very normal practice. So they would, if they hadn't had a photo of them and they wanted to remember them, they would then, you know, they'd dress the, the body up and put them in like a portrait and they'd take a photo. So they'd have at least a memory of them wow. where they wouldn't have otherwise. And that was very normal apparently. Fair enough. And if you just Google Google examples and there's heaps on online. The, anytime we get to this kind of fun facts section of the podcast, I always just end up going, hmm. That's interesting. That's the uh, yeah, that's the common <laughs> reaction. That's there's nothing else to say. <laughs> it's like that's ah, interesting. That's vaguely interesting. Huh. I did good. feel weird Googling and I always talk about Googling, you know, whatever topic we're doing, fun facts. Death fun facts <laughs> had a lot of hits. Death fun facts. <laughs> There was like a BuzzFeed, like 30 most amazing facts about death. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's not a headline you are write too often. This is where the human race has come to. Yeah. Uh, I reckon last one is, this gets a lot of airplay in, in, in the media, the mm. regrets of dying people. And so there mm. was this palliative care nurse called Bronnie Ware who worked with a lot of old people in their, their last days upon death. And through that experience she wrote an article or a blog about the five most common regrets of people that are dying. Hmm. It went viral in a way that nothing has gone viral before. I'm I'm presuming you haven't memorized the list. So I'm gonna ask you, what would you guess they are? Hmm, regrets. Um like an old flame, maybe not doing something with oh, an old Interesting. A, yeah. No, I didn't 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 come into it. Okay. Um Regret not doing their fly up as often as they should. <laughs> that didn't, but regretting making jokes about the fly being down in an inappropriate way mm-hmm. was on the list. Mm-hmm. So. Understand? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So top five. One, uh, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Mm. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Uh, we are not at risk of that regret. We no, are. We are. We are we're clear. We're clear. <laughs> I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Mm. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. That's a, that's a real, yeah. that's a big one. It is easy to lose touch oh, with, totally. with people. totally. Yeah. Uh, I wish that I'd let myself be happier. Um. She wrote a book about this, and that one, I, I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting, that one. And I think the older people were kind of saying, they didn't realize until it was quite late that the decision you can actually, you know, decide to be happy in any moment can be an active choice. And they wish they had have just chosen to be happier more moments than they did, rather than kind of stewing in in the stresses and problems of life. But they mm-hmm. were the they were top five. That's uh, so it sounds like I mean, most of those regrets are to do with like societal pressures and things like that, not to be themselves exactly. For yeah, whatever reason. Yeah, exactly right. Authenticity Bloody is almost society. the one that cuts across it. And there was another study done where they interviewed, I think a hundred dying people. And that's where that, you know, that bit of pop site comes that you regret the things you didn't do more than the things you did do. Um, yeah. Is where that quote comes from this study that was yeah. released. So that was like the common thread was, yeah, we really regret the things we don't do. What a great note to finish on, Don. Mm. Do you think we have a social etiquette segment in this? Or do you reckon this is, this is long enough? Ah, let's do it. If you've got one up your sleeve, Maybe. I reckon we just, let's just do it. Okay. Really quick one. Really quick one. I'll, uh, play the music
1: If you've got a social problem That makes you want to run and hide we recommend you listen to Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide
0: If you want Alright Don, very quickly This is a small thing that happens all the time In a social greeting mm. That I'm never quite sure how to handle it Let's actually explain it in the form of a role play So <laughs> I'm going to. We're gonna. We're gonna meet and greet each other. Mm-hmm. But I want you to initiate. I want you to start. Okay, go. Okay. Hi, Luke, how's it going? Yeah, good. Great. <laughs> see, see what happened there. Uh, yeah, you didn't ask me back. Absolutely. That that happens more often than you think it would. And it was like like a massive handbrake on the conversation that I always stumble on. I'm like, oh, they didn't ask me how I am. Do I then say how I am even though they didn't ask or do I just push on? What's your your advice? (laughs) Well, usually this is interesting because I've come across this many times before (laughs) because people don't like me very much. Uh, (laughs) You're a bit bit weird we have established that. (laughs) (laughs) A bit weird. Um, No, I've often said, you know, hey, how's it going? And then they'll say, good. And then... Me, I almost answer anticipating the return question. So I was like, hey, how are you going? Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. I'm sort of preempting the question that never comes and i just feel like an idiot. <laughs> do you reckon it's too passive aggressive if you go, me? Oh, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, can you ask yourself pretending? <laughs> no, well, this is another thing I do because this happened. There was this woman at work in my old job who... She was nice, but she just never did that. So, like, oh, hey, uh, let's, let's just say, Stacey, hey, Stacey, how's it going? She goes, good. And then I'll wait a beat and go, yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> uh- <laughs> so that <And> seems to be the. It actually always went down a treat. It was very good. That's the answer. Pause a second and then really emphasize the fact they haven't asked you, making them feel yep. awful. That's the. But it, yeah. It's actually quite funny, but you're making a point as well there as well. <laughs> Was, not quite the same scenario, but I was at a service station and I saw this guy open the door for another guy to walk through. And as mm. the guy walked through it, he didn't say anything. And the guy holding the door yelled out, What? No thanks? Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he was he was my good. hero. He was my absolute hero. <laughs> yeah, this is a completely different scenario. But you know when you're at a coffee shop or someone hands you a takeaway coffee... Mm-hmm. and their hand is covering too much of the cup, and yep. you're forced to pincer grip it at the lid, which is an incredibly yeah. high-risk way to pick up a coffee. <laughs> Super high-risk. Yeah. Or you have to do like a clamp and do one on the top, one on the bottom, and kind of bring it back like towards crab. yourself. Like a crab. <laughs> like, like you're a crab getting <laughs> a coffee. Yep. Like if your job is to hand someone a coffee, give them some room to hold the bloody cup.
1: Yeah, it's, that is uh, true. Oh, they're
0: they're prioritising. Like it's... Uh, it's tough because they're looking after the coffee. They are. And they're keeping it warm. But it's a high-risk transition. If you were in a relay race and you're handing someone a baton and you've got yeah. both ends covering the entire baton and you go, there you go. That's... And if the baton was filled with liquid and there was a lid on top. Boiling <laughs> hot liquid. Boiling, <laughs> boiling hot. hot liquid. Yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky. Sometimes the classy, and this is me being an old guy, sometimes the well-regarded coffee shops, you know, I think because of the temperature of the milk has to be certain... You know, a certain temperature So the coffee tastes good Ah, oh, look, it's pretty lukewarm It's too warm I, I like a hot coffee like an old man I do, I'm becoming an old guy Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, Have you ordering it extra hot yet? Have you gone to that level? No, no no. <laughs> <laughs> have you caught dead ordering it extra hot? Absolutely not <laughs> I never will I'd rather just be vaguely grumpy about my coffee Because I need I can't drink a lukewarm milk It's too weird Yeah, I'll... Cold or hot Nothing in between, please Yeah, yeah no, I'm with you, I'm yeah. with you All righty, Don, that's enough of that. Uh, Let's call it a night. Don't forget to send us your reviews if you want to uh, appear or get an invitation to the room with a review. Uh, Any final thoughts, Don? No, not really. Hopefully we didn't upset anyone in this episode. I'm a little bit worried that it's a bit high risk and a bit um, bit macabre, (laughs) a bit (laughs) candelabra. A bit. (laughs) Yes, I think it was a delicate balancing act that I don't think we pulled off. But apologies if anyone was offended. Uh, Yeah, we'll do a really happy, happy topic next time. Maybe like rainbows or dewdrops. What do you reckon? I think dewdrops. Dewdrops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whiskers on kittens. Oh yes, these are some of my favourite things. Yeah. Alrighty. (laughs) Um. (laughs) 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 Well, good. That was good. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, we'll catch you next time. See ya. right. Love you. Bye.